welcome back to the podcast. We are on to episode 14, I think it is. And today's episode is about five things that you need to stop focusing on for fat loss. So I'll briefly go through the five things and then I will go back through them individually. So these are things that I come across both clients and just um, people that I meet, whether it be in the gym or people that I'll be talking to friends ways or friends that have heard other people talking about these things and they catch on and sometimes they really shouldn't catch on. And um, it's something that I think people focus on too much when there's so many other things that they should be focusing on for their goal when their goal is fat loss. So the five things that I'm going to briefly go through are the scales as the only measurement of progress. We know this one by now, but I'm going to put it in there because it's probably the most popular. Um, the sugar content in fruit. Surprisingly, this is still a thing. What other people are doing. This is probably one of the biggest ones. Um, and how quickly that you can get to your goal. And the last one then, how many calories your Fitbit or your watch says that you've burnt in a workout. That is one of the most annoying ones that people focus on. I think that's five now. So I'll go back through them briefly and I will keep this episode short. The first one, and you'll have heard me talking about this a lot, using the scales as your sole measurement of progress is not viable. You can't do that if you um, want to see the scales drop consistently because there's so many reasons why it will fluctuate. And we know by now, that there's different things that cause the scales to go up and there's other things that cause the scales to probably go down a little bit lower than what they actually are. So you need to be aware of those things so that when you step on the scales and whether it's jumped up, you know why, or whether it's dropped a little bit lower than you think it should be, you will also know why as well. So um, the top reasons why the scales can fluctuate will be if you ate more carbohydrates than usual, let's say the day before you weigh, you weighed yourself. That's just simply because when we store carbohydrates in our body, we store water three to four times the amount of carbs as water um, alongside it in our body. So if you have stored, let's say, 10 grams of carbohydrates, that means you will have three, 30 to 40 grams of water alongside that 10 grams now that could be upwards of half a kilo so that means that you'll have an extra kilo and a half or two kilos of water weight as well so that's something to keep in mind when you um have eaten more carbohydrates than usual and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's just something that you need to be aware of you will then hopefully use those carbohydrates as fuel for your next training session it's just that you need to know oh okay this is why the scales have jumped up that's grand i don't have to worry about anything Another reason is that you haven't actually fully digested your food. So your last meal hasn't properly been digested. Maybe you haven't even gone to the bathroom yet. You will be heavier on the scales for that reason. Um, You had more salty food than usual the day before. Maybe you had a pizza. Maybe you ate out. More salt than your usual daily food intake. Again, this might be all within your calorie intake. So don't panic. But it's just you knowing that, oh, actually, I'll probably be holding a bit of water today because... I had, you know, half pizza last night, even though it counted it into my day's food. It's going to make me heavier the next day on the scales only. Um, if you are female and you're due your period or it's close to ovulation, a lot of the time people will be higher on the scales and that can vary so much 
by how much you'll be up on the scales um, again due to just hormone fluctuations and water retention so again be wary of that and to be honest I've had clients where you know there's maybe one week in the month where we get a true reading of their weight and that will be just after their ovulation and we use that week month by month to compare so when you're female it's best if you compare let's say week one um so when you just get your period compare that week with the next month's week one and then compare let's say week two with the following month's week two if you get me because it's easier that way to compare month by month rather than wondering why has my weight shot up this week but then it's dropped like even more the following week and that's just the way it goes when it, you're going through the menstrual cycle so it's best to do it month by month rather than week by week in that case just to see your true progress because let's say you jump up um, the week before you get your period so how much you jump up can be compared with how much you jump up the following month as well because they're, you're comparing like with like rather than comparing a week that you know that you're going to jump up on the scales versus the week after your ovulation where you know your, your weight drops down again then you're not getting true readings another one then is if you have really bad doms so delayed onset muscle soreness so if you did a really heavy workout a lot of times this will be let's say a leg workout where big muscle grips there in the legs you could be holding on to water after you have a really um heavy leg session let's say a couple of days later when the doms kicks in it's just inflammation and then you're holding on to a little bit of water so beware of that as well so as you can see there's so many different reasons why you could be holding on to water weight that is not a sign that you have gained weight you can also drop weight quite quickly on the scales as well like if you weigh yourself just after you've gone to the bathroom you're going to be lower if you weigh yourself um let's say actually the morning after you go out for drinks so if you're on a night out and you weigh yourself the next morning a lot of the time you'll be lighter then and you'll be wondering how you're just dehydrated so if you weigh yourself at the end of a workout you're going to be lighter than you were at the start of the workout so you have to take that into account as well like your sweat rate and stuff so there's reasons why the scales can go up and there's reasons why the scales can go down that does not reflect your actual body fat or your body weight so you need to keep that in mind when you are weighing yourself so that you can remove those factors and and actually understand why the weight is what it is what i always get clients to do is make sure that they have gone through everything they should have done that week so let's say they've stayed within their calorie target or goal or their meals and their portions let's say they've stayed within that they've hit their steps they've stayed hydrated you know they've gotten off sleep they're not really stressed if they can tick all those boxes and then still there's a jump in the scales and it doesn't have anything to do with um you know doms or um do their period or more carbohydrates than usual you know there's no reason why the scales should have jumped up that's when you know okay right well maybe we need to tweak something but if you are you know you had a crap week anyway you didn't stick to your um, goals you didn't have great sleep you're really stressed you're eating shite you didn't get training and you tried to blame the jump on the scales to one of those factors that I just mentioned you're just fooling yourself you have to be honest with yourself you have to be honest in that you know that you've done everything you should have done 
but you don't know why the scales have jumped up so then you go to that list and then you might be like oh actually yeah I ate out for dinner last night so there's probably more salt than usual there I'm probably holding a bit of water that's how you should be thinking about it so it's just you knowing that you shouldn't be using the, the scales only as your main source of progress because there's so many reasons why it can vary so that's why we say to bring in you know your progress pictures to bring in measurements as well so that you can um keep an eye on all three together so that's the first one the second one then um i mentioned was the sugar content in fruit for some reason people still bring this up and i just don't know why i'm like there's so many things that people are doing wrong but yet they'll say no to eating a banana. And I am just baffled because I'm like, that is not your issue. <laughs> you know, they might go out on the piss every single weekend, get a takeaway after they go out, die the next day, not train, eat shite the next day and then start again on Monday. But yet you speak to them Monday to Friday and they're like, oh no, I'm not having a banana. Like, you know, it's full of sugar. No, <laughs> there's so many more things you need to be focusing on than that. So um, I, there's this fear that gets built up around fruit. And I notice it a lot with clients or oncoming clients, especially. Um, and I don't know where the fear comes from. Um, like I said, people do way worse things than eat sugar <laughs> and the fact that the sugar in fruit is completely different to let's say the sugar in uh, a bag of sweets so you're having fructose from fruit it's actually digested differently to, to the glucose that you're going to have in sweets that you would buy in the shop so people put, categorize them all together but they're so different like you forget that you're getting in fruit you're getting water you're getting fiber you're getting micronutrients it is not the same as you having a bag of Haribo or something. So you need to kind of take a step back and look at what you're actually saying sometimes. You know, I can't have that, there's sugar in that. I'm like, really? Do you think the sugar that's in a banana is the same as the sugar that's in a bag of sweets? Like, that is not the case. So, um, yeah, fruit, I just point blank tell people not, like, you just have to forget about that. If you're worrying about having a banana that's 100 calories, but yet you will happily, you know, eat shite at the weekend and, you know, have 10 vodka and Cokes, there's something else you need to look at there rather than the banana being your problem. So, yeah, just know that the sugar content in fruit is natural sugar. It's digested differently. Um... It has fiber, it has other micronutrients in it. It is not the same as you having sugar from added sugar. So when you track your food in MyFitnessPal, it's one thing that you'll notice is that if you have a lot of fruit and you have other things that have regular sugar in it, added sugar, it doesn't differentiate them. So it might panic you in that it says you've reached your sugar goal for today or you've gone beyond the sugar limit that you, sh you should have set for today. That is wrong so in my fitness pal they can't separate the added sugar versus natural sugar and that can set some people off so just know that don't worry about natural sugar but yes you should be looking at your added sugar intake you know added sugar should be about five to ten percent of the calories that you're consuming in a day so if you're having let's say two thousand calories max 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 200 calories should be coming from added sugar whether that's through processed food that you would have for your dinner whether it's through actual sweets and stuff added sugar is in a lot of things sauces condiments so keep that in mind that you should be uh, limiting their, your added sugar intake but don't be panicking about sugar coming from 
natural foods like fruit um so on to the next one then so what other people are doing so many times people will chop and change their journey or their progress um their plan i suppose for making progress they'll chop and change it because oh but so and so is doing this and like they're looking really good at the minute so you know i'm not seeing results fast enough so i'm just going to switch to that and then they'll switch to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and they don't give what they're doing a chance you could do anything you could pick a workout plan off the internet and you know eat a little bit less than what you're eating now and you'll see progress if you stick to it but if you don't stick to it you're not going to see progress and that is the one thing that people struggle to do is to be consistent with what they're following and they're like oh no i need to change it up because my body needs shock no it doesn't you just get bored and you won't stick to it give yourself four to six weeks on the one plan at least yes then you can change a few things up if you're bored not because your body needs shock that's not the case you can follow the same program as long as you're progressively overloading, whether you're increasing the weight, whether you're changing the tempo, whether you are, you know, increasing the reps slightly, whatever it is that you're doing, that you're progressively overloading each week or each session, you'll see progress as long as your diet is in check or you're slightly eating less. But people don't have the patience to do that. And unfortunately, patience is so important. And it's just a boring thing. It's just one of those things that people don't find it challenging enough or it's not like hard enough. So they feel like it's not working. I'm like, it is not supposed to be hard, but people can't stick to basic advice done consistently because they get bored. That is what I see the most anyway. Um, so, yeah, like, following what other people are doing or watching what other people are doing i swear it ruins so many people's journeys you they'll see what other people are doing associate their progress with what they're doing even though it might have nothing to do with it compare themselves and how far they've come never mind the time frame of that they've been in chop and change their plan and copy someone else not stick to that that didn't work for me that didn't work for me and that's their vicious cycle and that's how they can never get out of it if they would just stick to something that they have been given, follow it through four to six to eight weeks, see a bit of progress, get a bit of motivation to continue it. That's when you'll see progress and that's when you'll keep going. There's It happens with these um, things like, you know, Juice Plus and the Herbal Life and other things like that as well, because they'll see a quick drop in weight and they'll associate that drop in weight with that product when in fact the drop in weight is just because they like really reduce their food intake because they've now been told you know let's say have two shakes and one meal a day so they think that's how they've lost weight it's these two magic shakes even though it's not it's like you could have two glasses of water and that one meal a day and you lose weight it's it's just the drastic drop in calories it's a drastic drop in carbohydrates which i mentioned earlier holds on to water so if you drop all those carbohydrates you're not storing them anymore that means you're not storing the water that gets stored with it so you'll get that drop in the scales so people then associate that with how they made progress they can't stick to it so they fall off the wagon eventually but then when they try to get back on track they'll be like oh remember that worked for me or that worked for so and so so they'll go back to that and it's not just those products, it's other things as well. Like it might be a, oh, a three-day cleanse or, you know, a day fasting or whatever it might be. People will associate that one thing with how they've seen progress. 
and think that that's the only way they can do it when really they're not thinking about actually I just really dropped my calories low I didn't have barely any carbohydrates I actually ate way more fruit and veg and stopped eating junk because I was trying to be healthy but they don't think about it like that because that's boring and we have to get over this thing of boring um so I uh, how quickly you can get to your goal as well that's another one that um I feel people ruin their journey with as well because they're focusing on fat loss but they're focusing on how fast they can get there when in fact they waste time so this goes back to the last one as well you'll see a quick loss and you might see it for a couple of weeks but then it drops off and you're like why is this dropping off why is it not working anymore it's not working because you're not seeing that couple of pounds or you know a couple of kilo loss every week when in fact that's not sustainable but you've set yourself up thinking that that's what you want to be losing every week and when you don't get that then every week it becomes to you like what you're doing is not working so you change it up again when really you shouldn't be doing that you should be just being consistent and as long as you're seeing between half a percent and one percent of a loss from your body weight so let's say you are 70 kilos and i always use 70 as a guideline if you're 70 kilos one percent of that is 0.7 kilos or 700 grams half a percent of that is 0.35 so let's say 0.4 kilos or 400 grams so your goal each week should be to lose between 400 grams and 700 grams per week if you do lose between 400 and 700 grams per week job done you are on track you are on sustainable track to lose weight keep it off to never see it again long term but there's so many times I will have clients who just disregard losing half a kilo. They might have lost half a kilo or 500 grams. And they're like, oh no, I didn't lose anything. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> that, is, that is above what you should be losing in a week. That is above our goal of what we want you to be losing. It's on the higher end. But they don't see it as good enough because they're used to this couple of pound drop initially. Whenever people drop calories really low, drop carbohydrates. So next time you are wondering whether or not you're on track or not find out what what's your weight what's half a percent of that and what's one percent of that that range between that half and one percent so like the 0.4 let's say 0.4 and 0.8 kilos a week for a 70 or 80 kilo person that range is you doing everything correct and until you don't see that for two, three weeks of and you're still doing everything consistently, that's when you know you need to change something. Either you need to increase your activity or you need to decrease your calories slightly or you can do a bit of both. But if you are seeing between a half and one percent of a drop every week, you're doing everything correct and you're on track. You should be thinking like tick like job done for this week. Great. Continue what I'm doing. Keep doing exactly what you're doing until you don't see that half a percent or one percent drop you can't relate it to the reasons why the scales would have increased like i said and it happens two or three weeks consistently that's when you know all right okay i think i might be reaching a plateau now and i'm my last episode was actually on plateaus for fat loss so you can go back and listen to that if you feel like you don't know when you should be changing things up but when you're worrying about how quickly you should be getting to your goal just ask yourself half a percent to one percent of your weight are you losing that every week if you are keep going keep doing what you're doing because it's working if you are like right i want to lose 10 kilos 
and you don't know how long to give yourself. Take your weight, find out what half a percent of it is, what one percent of it is, get a rough idea of somewhere in between there and use that as an average that you should be losing every week and it'll give you a rough idea of how long it'll take you to lose let's say 10 kilos. So if you were using let's say half a kilo a week as your goal, um, that's a guideline then of you giving yourself 20 weeks to lose 10 kilos. That's realistic, that's sustainable, that should be you losing the 10 kilos and not finding it again, as I always say. Like, you, we want to lose it and we never want to find it again. It wants to be off so that you don't gain it. So that's what I want to make sure that people are aware of, is that how you know when you're on track and how you know when you're making progress. It doesn't always have to be two or three pounds or, you know, one or two kilos every week that you're losing because that you can't keep that up long term. You can do it at the start, surely, but it won't last long term. So the last one then, that is, you know, the scales, sugar and fruit, what other people are doing, how quickly you can reach your goal. And the last one now uh, is how many calories your Fitbit or your watch says you've burned in a workout. This one drives me insane. Stop focusing on how many calories you burn in a session. First of all, it's not accurate. Whatever you're using is not accurate, whether it's an Apple Watch, whether it's a Fitbit, whether it's a Garmin watch, it's not going to be 100% accurate. They all have their variants of um, error. So just know that, first of all, you can wear a heart rate monitor, you can use a polar one. Still, you might have an idea of what you're burning. Fine. Let's say you are using it as an estimate. That's still okay. But you should not be using that as a focus for your sessions. How many calories can I get burned? I see people absolutely bust their ass in classes and sessions just to see how many calories they burn in that session and to see it increase. And that's great. Their work ethic and their, you know, their drive to burn calories is pushing them to work hard in that session. But what I know happens after that is these same people will not move that much outside of the class then or their session they'll go home they're fucked excuse my language they'll lie on the sofa and they'll not move for the rest of the day because they're wrecked they'll have a nap they'll sleep they'll you know if they've nothing else to do they won't do anything because they've worked so hard in that class yet that is exactly what you should not be doing (laughs) you should be moving outside of the class or the workout that workout is there just to you know get your fitness up to get progress with your body composition but it is not the sole thing that's going to get you to your goal so laying on the sofa for the evening just because you burned 500 calories in a class is counterproductive because you're taking out what four or five hours of time that you could be just you know walking around but just being active, you're neat, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, that's the calories you burn just from footering around, just from, you know, walking from the car to the shop, cleaning the house, mopping the floor, going for a wee walk, like, not exercise related, but just you, your movement in a day that isn't classed as exercise, that burns a lot more calories over the course of a day than your one session does. And I think people think of that wrong. They think about their one session and how hard they work in that session versus how many calories they might burn in a day from just, you know, walking around or doing their chores or, you know, 
messing around the house, whatever they're doing, you being active in that way, even in the office and stuff, if you're up and about, walking to the printer, walking to the bathroom, going to get water, these things, and that's why you have that little buzzer on your Fitbit, you know, every hour to tell you to move if you haven't done X amount of steps in an hour. That's a good thing because it's reminding you to just get up and move a wee bit more that hour because the more you sit, the less actual calories you're burning because you're less active. Whereas if you increase your NEAT, never mind the exercising that day, you increase your NEAT and you move a lot more throughout the day. You know, you take the stairs, you park further away, those boring things that you hear. You'll burn a lot more calories that way. I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you are focusing on two or three workouts in a week just to get you to lose weight, but you're not hitting your steps or getting close to what you should be getting steps-wise, let's say 10,000 as your goal every day, you should sort off the workout sessions if they're killing you and just focus on reaching your steps every day and staying active throughout the day and see how you get on because I guarantee you the more active you are just day to day not even including a workout you would lose more weight that way because over the course of the day you'd burn more calories from your NEAT than you would just in that one workout session that is then exhausting you and you can't move for the rest of the day so that is something I feel like a lot of people don't focus enough on Building up your needs will speed up your progress so much more than just killing yourself in a class two or three, four times a week and that, you know, killing you off for the rest of the day, not being able to move. So that is something I think a lot of people have started to focus on. I will say definitely people have increased um, their need and their focus on their steps and stuff, um, which is good. But I still think a lot of people could be doing with increasing that rather than focusing on the calories that they're burning in one workout session in a day so that's the five things now that's the five things I think that you need to stop focusing on for fat loss um because there's so many other things that you could be focusing on that will make you see progress faster than those five things so hopefully you've learned something hopefully it's maybe opened your eyes a little bit maybe you're something to think about that you might be doing or maybe let's say you're trying to lose weight and you're looking at your weight loss every week maybe you're getting annoyed at the scales now you'll realize why you need to take a step back and realize why the scales have jumped up is it actually to do with your weight increasing or is it to do with one of the factors that i mentioned and are you focusing too much on the calories that you're burning in a class? Are you actually moving much outside of the class? Um, are you focusing on the sugar content and fruit? You really shouldn't be. And, you know, stop looking at what other people are doing. Be consistent with your own plan. Um, as well as look at what your goal is every week and be sustainable with it. Are you looking at more than 1% of a loss every week when you really shouldn't be? Like, don't be disheartened if you lose between half and 1% of your body weight every week because that's what you should be losing. And that should be, like, a little win for you each week if you are losing that rather than, oh, I should have lost more. That's not the case. So I'm nearly at the half an hour mark now, so I'm going to leave it there. I hope this helped. Like I said, the last episode was on plateaus. So you can go back and listen to that if you feel like maybe it's something that you feel like you're hitting as a plateau go back and listen to that and see if you learn anything from it um as you can probably hear i feel like i'm getting a head cold which is the norm when i come home so hopefully that's not the case but yeah hopefully you enjoyed this episode and i will speak to you again soon